This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling? With Lindsay Hine, I am your host, Lindsay, and I am so grateful you are here today. As we speak right now, my kids are definitely yelling and screaming in our attic doing karate. I don't even want to see what the scene is up there. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you joining us. And if you're returning, thank you for coming back and checking out the show some more. If you're looking for a way to support this podcast, help me get it off the ground. One way you can do that is by leaving a rating and review. It's super simple. You can do it on your podcast app of choice and subscribe to the show. That is just one way potential new listeners can find us, and it's super helpful. So thank you so much if you've already done that. Hey, today you're listening to episode seven, and I'm talking with Sergey Urban. Sergey is the man behind the Dad Lab. I don't know if any of you are following him over on Instagram already or maybe Facebook, but he has over one million Instagram followers and over three million people on his Facebook page. He's not a teacher or a scientist, but he's a dad who found a lot of joy in connecting with his kids through science projects. He has two boys, and what started as a hobby has turned into really a full-time gig. He actually is the author of a book called The Dad Lab. I have a copy of it myself and have done a few experiments with my own kids. He's going to give some advice on getting started with science projects with your kids, and we get to hear about his favorite one to share with everybody. After this conversation and really during our conversation, I felt very inspired to make sure I'm making connections with my kids on a daily basis, whether that's big or small, just making sure we have those touch points where we feel like we are working together on something. I hope you leave this conversation feeling inspired as well and just head over to his Instagram page, The Dad Lab, for some ideas for ways you can connect with your kids. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Sergey. Well, today on the podcast, we have Sergey Urban on the show. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. It has been a long day, but so my boys are finally asleep, so I have time to talk to you. Okay. Where do you live? Uh, so we are based in London. Uh, originally, we actually uh, moved with me and my wife. We moved from Latvia. Uh, here to London uh, about over 10 years ago. But now we are just based here and boys were born here. And this is our uh, new home. Okay, so I'm just, is it 9 p.m.? What time is it? Yes, 9 p.m. Okay, yeah, that is the end of a long day. Um, all right, so you are the man behind the dad lab. And we are going to get all into that today. I'm super excited about it. Uh, but how old are your boys? Uh, my boys are six and eight currently, but the curious fact about their birthday is that they were born on the same day, two years apart. They're exactly two years apart. Exactly, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I want to just kind of learn a little bit about the Dad Lab, how it got started. Um, you all listening, he has one million followers on Instagram. And I know Facebook is like 3 million. So, I mean, this is a very successful business that you created at home with your boys. So just tell us how it all began. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's all began about five years ago. Uh, so I was a parent uh, at the time already. So I was just uh, doing some activities with my boys. And then uh, at some point, uh, my wife said, okay, why don't you share all the activities that you do with the kids uh, on social media? And Insta Instagram was one of the, on top of the, the most popular one at the time. So I just started posting that stuff online on Instagram. And it's how it all started uh, as a hobby, something that I was just sharing what we do. And bit by bit, uh, just people suddenly followed me. So from zero, I was just growing bit by bit my following ship. Again, starting with all the friends saying, okay, follow that thing. And then uh, somehow I found this niche. I found those people who were interesting, interested in the content I was creating. So I found the 
a lot of this community that needed my information, needed all the inspiration that I was giving. So that is how it all started. Then I branched out to Facebook, yeah. Uh, and on Facebook, when I when I done that, I started uploading all the videos to Facebook too. And at one point, one of my videos went viral, oh. meaning that it. <laughs> yeah, meaning that it got more views than I, I had uh, followers, uh, and it was like in millions. And uh, and uh, that week, from five thousand followers on the Facebook page, uh, it grew to one hundred five thousand followers on wow. Facebook page. Yeah, and that was the moment that it was like turning moment, saying, "Okay, I should do something like uh, that." People really want, really need to do, and that was more or less the moment when I kind of started to turn it into a business, I guess. So I started turning it into my full-time job, basically. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty monumental. If you are at 5,000 followers and you go to 105,000 followers. So how like how far into it were you at that point? Because 5,000, like, that's a good following too. So you had people following along, paying attention. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure now, but it was probably a year, maybe a bit less. All right. So here's my first question. Why? And I'm asking you this because traditionally, this is 2020. So a lot of mothers are working, but traditionally you don't see dads choosing to be stay at home dads. Now there are exceptions and there are plenty of them, but it's just not what you see normally. So tell us why that was your decision. Uh, Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. So basically, uh, if we go back into my back- background, uh, and it's what I say on my Instagram page that I'm not a dad, or sorry, I'm not a scientist or a teacher. I'm just that. So even so, I do do some science activities, some educational stuff, and I do a lot of, and I have a lot of teachers who follow me. Mm. Uh, I still don't really have that kind of background, but I do have kind of feeling what I know that my kids uh, would love to do, and. Uh, so basically what it means that uh, my education is actually in economics. So for a while I was working in international trading. Then I moved to web development. And uh, the time when boys were born, it was the, the time when I was working in the, on the websites and stuff. And it basically means that I was just more or less uh, freelance jobs. So I was like free to work or not to work whenever I want. So I was uh, very involved in the uh raising the kids from the very start from the point when my wife got pregnant so we're just helping her with everything so i just i had this luxury of having spending this time with the kids and uh, with my pregnant wife and just bit bit by bit i was just more and more involved in this and this is how how it's all happened so it, it wasn't that i one day decided okay i'm gonna quit my job and just stay at home and be with my children it was like a graduate one, you know. Uh, I was just changing diapers and mm. taking them to different kind of classes and stuff. And then I realized that I actually spending more time with them rather than working. Uh, as for stereotypes and what I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of uh, kind of negativity for, for around. But the only thing I would say that every time when I was taking my babies to different classes, I was the only dad who was doing that at the time, and we're talking like, again, some six years ago here in London. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I'm sure just a lot of things has changed. I remember since then, we had a big campaign here in London when dads were complaining that there is no changing uh, facilities in a man's toilets. Uh-huh. Uh, so I guess it's all bad, uh, it's all good now, but yeah, I, I had that issue, uh, but not anymore. Again, my boys are quite old now. Uh, so six and eight, it's yeah. big enough. Did you find that you found that when you would take them to changing um, to change them in bathrooms, did you find that you had a problem um, finding changing pads in the men's bathroom? Yeah, but again, being a uh, being a dad, I guess I was always getting creative, finding my way around <laughs> to find the place, basically. And you know, you're getting the special mats, and you're just finding this uh-huh. tiny shelf that you can do that. Uh, so yeah, just all the creativity and engineering finally paid off and I was just going to help me in my daily life. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that that's been a big change in the past, even five years, um, adding changing tables to men's bathrooms. Um, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we're out and I send my husband instead of me to the bathroom with the kids to, to change them. 
Um, so you were freelancing. You were kind of doing your own thing. You were like working from home and being with your kids at the start of this. Okay, so let's let's get into the dad lab a little bit. Why science? Why did you choose to go down that path? I mean, I guess projects with your kids a lot of times are going to end up being sciencey, but why? Where did your passion for science come from? I think the thing is there was no kind of original because the thing is you have to understand that. Uh, when I created that lab, I didn't have a big vision. Okay, this is going to be like science place for all the parents out there. Uh, it, it was something I was hoping to be to create something that would be useful. But there was no like any specific goal of getting one million followers on Instagram, nothing like yeah. that. So it's what I, what I want to say. I was just growing this uh, account, social media presence. And at the same time, I was uh getting to know what exactly i want to do with that thing uh what it takes me and i was just trying to, so basically it's changed quite a lot from the moment that i created to the moment that it's now so now uh with, the fact is that i'm called the that lab and a lot of things people think that i do a lot of science experiments uh-huh. and that is true too because when i do science experiments now uh, they're so fun enough that people actually do see those uh, but at the same time, I do a lot of crafts, I do a lot of art, and I do share my kind of fatherhood journey as well. So I just do a lot of different creative things uh, that are to make sure that I inspire all the parents out there to do the same activities. And it's not about uh, teaching the parents, inspiring parents to teach their kids. It's about inspiring parents to spend quality time with the kids. Yeah. And the only time parents do spend time uh with uh, with the kids and actually enjoy it it's when they're doing something fun something they they enjoy themselves and that's why all the activities that i uh share on my page are interesting enough not only for kids for adults too yeah and the idea is that when the kids see that the adult who is actually doing the activity is actually into it really kids do get this passion and they really want to get involved too yeah, I like that. And I like that I, I bought your book, The Dad Lab, your most recent book. Um, and I like that with each craft or experiment, whatever you want to call it, there's a description of what is happening, why it's happening. And it's like a little mini lesson too, honestly, for me as well. Um, because it's a, a lot of this is like refresher, like, oh yeah, I do remember we did learn this in school like 20 years ago, right? But Or 25 years ago, however old you are. Um, and it's, it's good. It's good exercise for your brain, even as an adult. I know that sounds silly because a lot of the projects are super simple, but do you find parents telling you that? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm sometimes I'm just surprised when, uh, teacher, teachers leave the comments saying that, oh, they actually getting inspiration from all my posts. But as for going back to learning, it's one of the, one of the things that I'm trying to inspire parents, uh, is to, do science experiments even though you might not know a lot about science maybe you didn't really like science at school but it shouldn't stop you from doing something with your kids because uh i don't do i don't know everything that i do but i do it and we're just trying to explore together with with the kids and now after doing this the that lab for five years, I know more about science than I started because every time when we do something, we do research, we learn, we test, and we learn it. And it's much easier to learn anything by doing rather than just reading. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this because I was I was reading through some of the experiments. I'm like, okay, I need to get organized myself first before, and then I explain it to the kids, and then we do it together. And I think that is one of the reasons why parents are hesitant to do things like that. Um, I recently interviewed someone who uh, she has a program called She Built the City where they teach young women how to build things and do do uh, labor like that, um, physical labor stuff. And uh, one of the projects was building a bee pollinator. And I thought, oh, that seems like labor intensive for me. Like I would have to spend a lot of time figuring this out on my own with my kids. And I'm a big believer in like, I'm not here solely for my kids entertainment, right? Like they can entertain themselves. But if I could just pick one project and say this, I'm going to give you my 
100% undivided of attention for 45 minutes or however long it takes to do the project, their bucket is going to be filled up so much more and not going to need that like constant attention when I'm doing something else. Hey, remember we did this project for 45 minutes. Now it's time for you to go independently play. Um, am I making any sense here? Are you, are you nodding your head? Uh, no, it does make sense. But the thing is, I mean, we are the parents. I remember I, I'm, I was the same uh, when we see an activity. With, uh, so I get a lot of uh, comments like that. When I post an activity, people are saying, okay, what age-appropriate activity sure. is this? So if my child is three, can I do the activity or not? not? Maybe it's too late. Maybe it's too early or something. And what I'm always trying to explain is that there is no kind of right time. Because uh, when I do an experiment and I just basically show it to a baby, baby will just enjoy, see it like, like a magic trick, still enjoy the experiment. Uh-huh. Uh, when the child is a bit older, so I can involve, involve the child more, maybe he can just help me pour something. Maybe the child is even more older, so he can actually do it independently. Maybe we'll talk more about this, you know, molecules and atoms and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm saying is for different kind of experiments, there is no uh, age limit and at different age, you'll pick uh, pick something new. And whatever, if you have the RATLAB book, the good thing about that book is that you don't actually need to get ready. The only thing you need to make sure you that you have all the things that are actually in the list of materials. And then together with the kids, you just do step by step all this stuff. And then you just talk, what do you, what do you think this happened? Why do you think this happened? And if you don't know anything about science, that's fine, because you can just basically read the science explanation right at the back of the book. And if you don't know it, you just read it and you learn it yourself together with your kids. And that is what it's all about. The book is just this learning experience that you have to get ready. And I'm not sure, I mean, some people don't believe, but I'm actually quite lazy parent, meaning <laughs> Me that I wouldn't spend like, yeah, meaning I, I wouldn't spend like hours preparing for some quick activity. I prefer just grab a few things and then mm-hmm. get into actually doing the activity into learning and playing. Uh, and that's why all the activities are simple enough. Uh, again, no preparation. As long as you have all the ingredients, all the materials, you, you're ready to go. And all the supplies are actually quite simple stuff that you already have around your house. Like uh, most of the stuff is actually in the kitchen, but maybe some tape, some pencils, and you're ready to go. Yeah, it's true. They are super simple. I do need to purchase um, a little bulk thing of balloons because there are a lot of experience with balloon experiments with balloons, and the boys love that too. But I'm like, I just can order those on Amazon, and then we can have our little like tub of science experiment stuff. So when it's time to go do a new one, I can have like my go-to things, like the little plastic bag or whatever it is that's going to go with those experiments. Um, okay. So do you think we could give our parents who are listening a few tips on um, exploring science with their kids? Yeah. So the first one we kind of already kind of mentioned a bit is that if you don't know anything about science, it it shouldn't stop you uh, from doing any science with the kids. It's okay if you don't know everything Uh, because we are parents with trying to be in control, we want to. We always want to teach our kids something. We have to know everything more than they do, but it's not not always the case. And it's okay if you don't know science. You just do the science, and and if your child asks what, why this is happening, it's okay to say I don't know. Mm. But then you do the research, either just online, you know, ask Siri why this situation is happening. Or if you have a book, just read the book. The Atlas book helps a lot in that. Uh, so basically, just do the research and trying to find out the answer together. And this is what science is all about. Because you know, sometimes people think that scientists they know everything, and it's, it's not the case. They just trying different things. They see that what works, and that, that that's the truth. So they are not just not afraid to try. And this is what I'm trying to uh, tell parents: don't afraid to try things that you might not know. I love that. It's so true too. I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways I hear from these conversations is like, it's okay to tell your kids you don't know the answer. There's a lot of things in life we're not going to know the answer to when they ask. Yeah. And just growing on that, there's another important bit uh, that 
sometimes parents or kids don't try to some some uh, activities because they are afraid of failure. Mm. Uh, and I'm saying just with science experiments, you can never fail because if you're getting a result completely different from what you expected, uh, experiment happened and it's proved that the way you did it, did it didn't work. So you have to try different things. And this is like learning curve. So you tried, you, you did, uh, you got completely different results. So you try something new, uh, hoping to get the result that you wanted. So the failure, uh, it's not even an option here if you're doing any science experiments. But at the same time, uh, is this failure is something that we have to teach our kids and make them brave enough to try different things. Because again, failure is a part of learning process and they shouldn't be afraid of that. I love that too. And it teaches another thing too, which is patience. Um, my oldest, he he, patience is rough for him. I mean, it's rough for all kids. But this, he's eight now, and this dates back to when he was two and a half. I remember his preschool teacher told me he was standing in line to wash his hands, and he looked at her and he said, Mrs. Kelly, being patient is hard. And I'm thinking, man, what two and a half year old says that, you know? But to this day, of all my kids, he still struggles with patience probably more than the rest of them. And what a lesson in patience because also with this stuff you're kind of you have to have patience waiting to see what happens and you don't get instant gratification which is the culture that we live in right instant gratification for everything um so i love that message of patience and i also love um the message of being okay to to for things not to work because if if you expect everything to work out the second you do it it's not you're not gonna you know you're not gonna see the results that you always want to see I love that. Yeah, and the last thing I would just add to the list of the tips I'm giving away yes. is that uh, for parents, don't be afraid to give children the control. Because sometimes, again, coming back to the book or specific attractions, if you expect your child to do a very specific task, that is, you're saying, okay, so here is a balloon, here is whatever something, and this is what we're going to do. And children, you know, being curious creatures, they just trying to do something completely different. And what I'm trying to say that the book, whatever instruction you're reading for, any science activity or any kids activity, don't force it. Mm. So this is the moment when the child actually trying to mix, trying to use those materials into making his own experiment. This is learning uh, process. So don't uh, discourage them to stop and basically and just make sure that they, they continue doing what they're doing. But obviously you can just guide them saying, okay, why don't you mix those two things and see what happens? That's always good. But what I'm saying is, uh, if you're reading some instructions and you want your children to follow them, not all children would be happy with that. So just give the children the control. And I'm sure at some point, after trying 10 different things, they, they're going to try that thing that you want them to do in the first place. Yeah. And I'm sure the older they get, too, the more control they can have as far as reading the experiment. I mean, this this book, The Dad Lab, your most recent book, um, I think my eight-year-old could just read it and do some of the experiments all by himself without my help at all. Yeah, yeah, completely independently. I mean, the thing is, I try to include uh, quite uh, uh, different kind of activities. Some of them are actually quite for smaller kids. Mm-hmm. Some, of their, uh, some of them are actually for adults, and it's fine, too, because... When I was doing those some experiments, just, um, just getting doing my research, I was just uh, really curious about what exactly is going to happen. You know, when you're lighting uh, a light bulb with like static electricity uh, from yeah, I just I read know, that one this or something. Yeah, and it's just mind blowing, and you want to try to see does it really work? So uh, what I'm saying is different activities for different age, and anyone will find something uh, fun to do there. Yeah, I actually, I took my boys to breakfast this morning and we were looking through the book together and that was one of the ones that um, my son Marshall picked out to do. And I was like, really? That'll light a light bulb? I want to see that happen. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to just let you know that we are part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network and we've got a couple other great shows in that network, including All Have Another with Lindsay Hind, which is a podcast where I interview runners, the Up and Running Podcast with Lauren and Abby, which is another running-based podcast. They bring you all of the latest news in elite and professional distance running. And then we have the Illuminate podcast, which 
brings you stories of people doing really cool work in the world, people who are doing impactful work that are changing lives every single day. So if you enjoy this podcast, I'm sure you will enjoy some of those podcasts in our network as well. And I do want to let you know, you can find us on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling over there? And we also have a Facebook group, Why Is Everyone Yelling? There's a really great thread going right now on what everybody's making for dinner tonight. And my hope is that we can help you and empower you and encourage you in your parenting journey over there. We are also reading a book together over there called The Seven Spiritual Laws for Parents. It's a really, really good one. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Sergey. I know there are hundreds of probably in probably thousands of little different experiments that you've done, but what is what is one that you can share with everybody to walk away and do with their kids today? Uh, I, I guess there is one experiment that was uh, very close to my heart for two reasons. First reason was it was the one that went viral first in the face that I mentioned before. And second of all, it was one of the experiments that my kids wanted to uh, do and very specific one moment when I wanted it to. So, uh, the experiment is to do with candies. So we have done it with Skittles. Okay. So with Halloween around the corner, it's perfect time because, uh, again, coming back to the reason why I like it, uh, last what was like a couple of years ago when kids came back from Halloween for trick-or-treating, getting all the candies, they put this second of the uh, Skittles aside saying, okay, we're going to use those for the experiment. So this is what I love. So they learn something, they like it, and they want to continue. At the same time, they're reducing the amount of sugar they're going to consume. <laughs> so that was win, win, win. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so back to experiments. So basically, you can use Skittles, M&Ms, or basically any candies that have some uh, colorful sugar coating on them. So what we have done was we just use a plate, uh, and then we, uh, uh, so I always try to mix different activities. So it's not just one experiment, it's actually there are involved a few activities. So what I asked Alice to do there was to use different colored Skittles and to put them in a pattern around the rim of the plate. And so he done this circle of pattern, uh, of the pattern of the Skittles. And then the next step is quite simple one. You just pour uh, warm water in the middle of the plate. Uh, till the moment that all uh, candies are actually in the water. And what is happening there is that water starts to dissolve sugar of the candies. And as we mentioned before, the sugar is, should be colored. And when the sugar uh, is dissolved with all the paint, all the paint is coming into the center of the plate. And it looks amazing. It just looks like something you never seen before. If you haven't tried this experiment, you should definitely try right now because remember the moment i posted that the video went viral the sales i'm sure the sales of Skittles, <laughs> Skittles <are> really, sales. <laughs> yeah just uh, went through the roof because people couldn't believe that it actually works the thing i was waiting that uh time oh can i keep it i remember some comments people saying oh can i actually uh, f- uh put it in the freezer can i keep this beautiful picture oh. uh I mean, some other comments were saying, okay, do we actually eat all this color? So it's not really kind of healthy and stuff. So yeah, completely different feedback. But again, kind of to the point that Halloween is around the corner. So it's the perfect time to try this experiment. I love that it's close to your heart because that and and because it went viral. Because it's like, it kind of is, would you say, when your business became a business and took off? Yeah, yeah. I can say that. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's so cool. Okay. I'm going to definitely do that with my kids. I'll have to go buy Skittles. You should have got yourself like a affiliate link on Skittles before you posted that video. You didn't know it was going to blow up so much. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that I have heard you talk about before is how important it is for your kids to stay curious about the world. And I love that. Um, I think it's real easy to get complacent in our lives and go through the motions every day as parents and as kids. This is what we do. We get up, we have breakfast, we go to school, you know, and to keep them curious and to think about things outside of their everyday life, this routine 
it takes work and you got to actually like make sure you're doing it. So can you talk about your passion for that and how you instill that in your kids with the science, but other other ways as well? I mean, the thing is, there is always this paradox that from one hand, we want our children to be, you know, curious, ask all the questions, you know, to explore new things, to question everything. But on the other hand, we are parents. We are kind of really sometimes can't be bothered to answer all the questions that we're getting, mm-hmm. uh, to be criticized for everything that we ask our kids to do. So it's a difficult. But what I'm saying is uh, when parenting is difficult, it means that uh, when the children are going to grow old and going to get independent, it's going to be better life and easier life for them because they're going to have all these skills. They're going to ask questions. Uh, they're going to challenge everything that they, they hear. And this is what we want to do. And what I'm trying to uh, inspire and inspire uh, other parents to do with their kids is to make sure that they know that uh, th- they try to teach the kids to basically push boundaries, just be brave and just try something new, something you didn't know, or maybe uh, do different experiments. And when I'm saying experiment, it basically means that uh, sometimes we do these you know, beautiful videos of the experiment that you just mix things together and it just you know foam is all over the table and it's different colors or maybe i don't know some flashes and stuff but sometimes i just put a different kind of flasks of different stuff and uh different kind of liquids and maybe some stones and i don't know different kind of stuff and my boys just love sitting and just mixing those together and this is what what we want them to do to learn how to learn how to try things and how to get to the uh, moment what they want to get just by trying and just again small failures there here and just twisting everything to make sure that they reach the goal that they want. I love that. I have this calendar uh, downstairs. My boys are are your are your kids remote learning right now? Uh, no, actually, we started uh, school in September. Oh, you did? Okay. Worse, my So my yeah. little two boys go to daycare full-time, but my big boys are home remote learning. And I have this calendar of kind of our schedule. And on the side, I, I'm trying to put like a message every day, like something different. Um, and I think you just inspire me for my message tomorrow just needs to be try something new today. I love that. Yeah, and try something new. It's something that I always tell my kids. When we're talking about food, you know, food it's always a problem. Oh, seriously, I know. I've been trying to I, I have noticed my bigger two boys have started to explore more. So I'm like, okay, I didn't totally ruin it by letting them eat peanut butter and jelly for many meals growing until this point. Uh, I love that. Okay. No, but but what what I'm telling them, and it, it's actually true from science point of view, is that when kids are growing, they're taste buds are actually changing and if they tried something a year ago or maybe like i don't know six months ago and they're trying it now it might taste differently that's why i'm sometimes when they hate eating something i'm saying okay just try just a little bit because you know you're growing and actually changes maybe you're gonna like it and sometimes it works it does sometimes. I I like to say, hey, you are so you are missing out. This guacamole is so delicious, and maybe you didn't like it six months ago, but just try it again because if you do like it this time, you're it's a whole new world with food if you can eat some guacamole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere. I don't know what the number of times it is, but there's also something like sometimes they have to try something five or six times before, you know, in consecutively before they realize, oh, I actually do like that because new tastes seem different. And so they don't think they like it. And then they keep trying and they realize, oh, it's different, but I do like it. I don't know the science. No, on that. The, yeah. You know, the easiest way is to put something and they're eating and not realizing what they're actually eating. Uh, no, because sometimes, uh, like my older one, sometimes he just doesn't like the specific color or the idea of him eating this. But if he if he just eats, uh, it it could be just fine, and that that's again works quite well as well. I know I've always been I've always thought I would be the mom that like hides vegetables in like pasta sauce and things like that that gets like pureed up, and in all reality, I've been lazy and haven't done that but (laughs) we're trying we're trying 
I have one more, a couple more questions, like just about the dad lab business and then we'll wrap up here. So now that you have, I mean, have you written two books? Uh, no, I've written one book uh, and I originally released it here in UK and then uh, I adapted the book to American market and I, I put in, I included 10 more activities and I changed the book a little bit. And then, so I have like two books in English language, which are very similar, but different. Okay. And then the book has been translated into other languages like traditional Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Vietnamese. Basically, it's all over the world in all main languages. Does that feel crazy? Like, is that a dream? Uh, no, the thing is, uh, to be honest, it took an agent about six months to convince me to write a book. Really? Because, you know, me, author, it's not something that I ever thought in my life. You know, me writing a book, how could that happen? So when, when the agent, British agent approached me, uh, and she started telling me that, oh, that you can actually write a book about it. And I'm saying, okay, I mean, how? Uh, but after six months, uh, so we signed a contract. And after the book was released, I was really happy that that happened. So because, again, one, one of the things is that we're keeping our children uh, offline uh, because we, we can uh, so far. And what I'm telling them you know, about social media, I'm trying to explain like generally what social media is. I'm saying, okay, I have like 3 million followers on Facebook. And he's like, okay, 3 million sounds like a lot of people, but it doesn't <laughs> actually mean anything to them. Uh, but then when I was saying, okay, I actually wrote a book. The book is, you know, something that they see every day, that they read every day. And so this is what, what actually they get. So uh, my dad wrote a book uh, is actually something that they uh, treasure uh, as my achievement. Wow. Okay, so when you say you keep them off the internet, do you mean like they don't, what What are your rules around that? I'm just curious. Like as far as yeah, YouTube uh, and things like that, because you guys have YouTube videos with the dad lab. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing is, uh, so first of all, we don't have a TV at home. So that helps a lot, keeping them away from the screen. Uh, we do have a tablet. Uh, but what uh, they originally we set it up the way that uh, the tablet, or the tablet is a tool, it's a tool to do something. And uh, usually, uh, the way we set it up, it's um, educational tool basically. If you want to do some, uh, learn how to pl play piano, you can get an app and learn how to play piano. Uh, if you want to play chess, to learn how to play chess, you can get another app and learn that. So or, so basically anything, because uh, there are so many different kind of apps, websites that provide a lot of online based education. Uh, and that's it. So basically now, uh, if my boys want to do something on a tablet, I'm saying, okay, so we sh what, what do you want to do? And they say, okay, I want to learn piano or I want to play chess. And it's all fine. So because we set it up not as an entertainment but we set it up as a, a learning tool a learning and the tool. thing is so, so, yeah but the thing is uh what people don't realize sometimes that you know the all the tablets all the screens they're super great in uh, as a uh, learning tool because you know sometimes you know you can't travel to i don't know uh antarctica to see how it's out there but you can actually uh watch the video about it and that's going to be like good uh, learning experience for for children and um, so we are trying to do that so and rather than saying okay here is a tablet and you can just watch something on youtube we do very specific uh, tasks and it works uh, works uh, so far again my kids are six and eight still works they haven't figured it out that you know you can just basically go and just search anything watch online. Shows, but yeah. again I <laughs> exactly but at the same time i, I use the the app to control uh, what they have access to so it's very simple so if they just go to if you if they want to install a different app or just go to the website they won't be they can't do that because the app gonna block it so okay. uh, so yeah that helps let me ask you this no, so no tv in your house did you not have a tv before you had kids is that just kind of how you you and your wife do things uh no it was uh so basically, we were moving. So again, uh, my wife was pregnant, so we're just uh, we're moving to a bigger house. It was a second child, 
and we were moving from uh, renting a flat to renting a house. And it was basically from fully furnished with TV to completely unfurnished without a bed. So we basically, uh, bit by bit, we needed to buy everything. And when the turn came to buy a TV, we just kind of didn't. And um, I'm really, uh, I actually, for, for a little bit, you know, because we had TV before that, I was struggling a bit. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, everyone has TV, so yeah. let's just. But then I realized that by not having TV, uh, I can actually plan my time. So if I decided to do something in the evening, uh, and I just went, uh, sat on the sofa and accidentally turned on TV, I can just lose the whole evening because there is something really interesting happening there. But now there is no TV distractions. So basically, if I decide to do something, I just go and do it. Wow. It's such a good time to do that too. Like you've moved, you have to buy all this furniture. It's time to buy the TV. And you're like, well, we don't actually have to buy the TV. That is, that's fascinating. What do your kids do when they get up in the morning? Because I'll tell you what my kids do. They want to watch TV when they get up in the morning. And I usually let them because I want, you know, 30 more minutes to myself before I start doing things for them. So what do they do? Like your kid get up, kid gets up. What does he do? Yeah, that's a good question. The thing is, uh, so I guess they didn't have a TV for so long. So they don't really kind of ever count on it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, my older one, uh, he always wakes up uh, before everyone else, and he just reads. He reads. Which is like perfect uh, perfect activity for morning. Yeah. It's very silent. He's not going to bother anyone. <laughs> He's just sitting there and reading and learning at the same time. It's the perfect activity for, for the morning. Uh, when my uh, younger one wakes up a bit, a bit later, they just basically try to play together. Sometimes the younger one reads too not as often, but most of the time they just basically play together, just trying to entertain each other. Because, again, one of the reasons, because they just don't have TV, and if they don't uh, do anything, they're going to get bored, and they don't want to be bored, so they're always coming up with something. And usually uh, what uh, they ended up doing, they're doing the workshops for each other when one child tried to come up with some kind of craft uh, on the go, and explain how to do that craft to another child. And it's not always like the older one teaches the young one, but sometimes the other way around. And sometimes in the morning when we wake up, we can see like two, I don't know, crafts or two pictures that look similar, similar but different. And this is like amazing. Oh, that's so cool. It's going to be so interesting to see what kind of adults your kids turn out to be. I mean, they're going to be so creative and independent and that's so cool. And it's very inspiring. I, I wake up in the morning and I always read. And when my son comes down, usually about 630 to watch TV, I just want to say, you should just read like mommy, but that I'm lazy and I don't enforce it because I know he'll complain. So I can dream here. I, I, I love that your son just gets up and reads. That's so wonderful. Uh, last question on dad lab. Do you have a team? Like you have a million followers on Instagram. There's no way you can personally handle those messages in your DMs. I only have 19,000 followers and I get a lot of DMs. Uh, no, I mean, uh, at some point I'm just looking back and I'm thinking, uh, obviously I'm doing that, you know, filming my boys and my wife supports me, but all the ideas for activities, all the filming, all, all the editing, it, it's just all me yeah. and all the handling their messages and just all that is just me. I mean, in, in ideal world, I want to build a team. Uh, in ideal world, I actually want to build more than a team. I want to build more businesses because what happened was I, I realized that when I created the, the Dat Lab, uh, I created not just kind of my username on uh, social media, I created a brand. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking that maybe it's, it's a time for me to use that brand into making some uh, services or products for parents out there. And so if your listeners have any ideas and want to collaborate with the Dad Lab to create some unique service product or something, just reach out to me through DM on Instagram. 
Yeah, you could totally have like a subscription box where you send out science experiments, like three experiments a month or something, where you have it printed out with all the details and the supplies, all the balloons you need or whatever. And oh, parents, parents would sign up for that. There you go. There's a service for you. <laughs> I'm sure you've thought of it. Yeah, I mean the thing is, so it takes a lot of time and it takes a team. So I just need for to sure. find right people to make that to help you to make to build that. For sure, one hundred percent. Well, this is all very exciting. What's one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, personally, I'm now now uh, on the journey of finding something uh, that I kind of want to do as a hobby or maybe like a workout. Uh, so I kind of. Oh, recently went to snowboarding trip when I was snowboarding for the first time. I love that. So now I'm, I'm trying to get into biking. So I've done a couple of three times I actually was riding about like uh, 20 kilometers and I kind of enjoyed that. So I'm just trying to find something like like a hobby. Uh, but what thing, one thing that I have done I kind of enjoyed was uh, climbing the highest mountain in here in UK. Uh, when I'm saying climbing, it's not like, you know, me with the like uh-huh. armor and the ice. It's not, ba- it's basically just long walk up the stairs, uh, on the mountain, but I still can enjoy the experience very much. So, and it, uh, from the, so I have the, to do the bucket list, I guess, is to climb the highest mountain in the world, which is Mount Everest. So that would be a nice trip. But apparently it's a quite long trip and I can't take kids with me. So I just <laughs> need to make sure that my wife is on board first. Yeah, or you wait 15 years or however long and you guys go do it together. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. When those kids are self-sufficient. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? I'm assuming you read a lot since you don't have a TV. Uh, I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm actually now into like business books. So the one that I'm reading now is The Founder's Dilemma by Noam Westerman. And oh. it's about basically building this startup and different options. Because again, I, I just mentioned it before that I, it's not just I, I was just I started the, the that lab and I knew that it's going to be business. I knew what it's going to be like, uh, but now I'm finding myself that not knowing some some things. I know how Instagram works, but I don't sometimes not necessarily know how the business side of things work, how to make that happen. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm reading this book. But most of other books I read are actually the the book that uh, I read to my boys. Uh, with them, for them, or listen, they read to me. So it's it's all, all the way, all, all the round. And uh, uh, recently, the book that uh, Alex uh, Alex enjoyed was uh, The Never Ending Story, again, okay. the classic. Uh, and again, it's something that we tried to do. Uh, we tried to say, okay, just read the book first, and then we're going to watch the movie. So we've done that with this book. It's actually quite quite a lot of reading there but he kind of managed to read it with like within a few days and then we watched the movie and it's some, something that i remember uh, a little bit a, a bit a bit small moments of the film watching when i was like really really little you know somewhere in latvia probably in soviet union or something uh so yeah that's that was crazy then the other the other book that he enjoys um recently enjoyed was the time travelers again it's one of the books when uh, it's something that not necessarily is for kids, but both kids and adults enjoy it. So that's that's a great book. The As time for travelers. younger kids, yeah, the time travels exactly. Okay. And uh, for younger kids, uh, for, for those kids who uh, already know how to read but not necessarily want to, there is that stage all the time. So there are two books I would recommend for uh, those uh, kids. And the first one is series called Isadora Moon. So the series of books, and Max just loved it. And I mean, Alex loved it too. But it's just a really, a really curious story, uh, and it's easy read. And another series is the Treehouse series. Okay. And the cool thing about Treehouse is that it's actually the book is so big, but there is not a lot of text on the page. But uh, so it's quite easy read and quite quick read. But then after your child, you know, reads for a little bit and he came back to saying, oh, actually, I read this huge book. It's it's like he's so proud of, of this moment. And actually, me as a parent, I'm, I'm, I'm still the same. Just, you read that, that big book and just it's amazing. So that's I, I, the Treehouse series I would definitely recommend too. 
Oh, I love those suggestions. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I am just admitting right here that my eight-year-old is probably behind on reading a little bit because I haven't encouraged it as much as I should. That's part of the reason I started this podcast, though, because talking to people like you is truly inspiring to me to then go do that with my kids. Um, but we just went to the library this morning and we got uh, the Boxcar Children books. Did you, your kids ever read those? Yeah. To, to be honest, my wife is in charge of uh, getting books. So I'm just uh, more or less reading those. But she's <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, something like she now, my Alex is an uh, eight year old and, and he reads magazines. So sometimes, sometimes he saying, okay, I read this magazine and it recommends this book. Can we get one? Oh, so this nice. is how we're getting. And the thing is, around the house, we have too many books, too uh -huh. many books. We don't have so many toys now, but <laughs> all shelves are just, all tables are covered just with piles of books. And it's great, but just we definitely need to sort out the storage. Oh, I, that's so good. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to tell my son, once you get into the story of a book... It's just as good as a TV show. And I love that you are having your kids read the book before you watch the movie. As an adult, I do that. I want to read the book first. And then the movie is so much more fun to watch because you have all these like visions of what's going on in your head. Uh, so great. Okay. What is your last message that you want to send to the audience today? Uh, the last message? I guess I'm just going to repeat all the three tips that I uh, would talk about like in the very beginning. Uh, just don't afraid uh, for parents. Don't afraid to try things with your kids that you might not necessarily know the answer to. So don't be afraid to uh, for your child to ask you something and to say to reply I don't know and just do search together with the kids. And then again, don't afraid to fail in doing something uh, and don't afraid to, uh, and allow your children to fail doing something because you know sometimes you know parents we are overprotective and don't allow kids to make any mistakes. So just please allow them to do those. And last thing would be just give uh, children a bit of uh, choice, a bit of space, a bit of control over their lives uh, because they need to learn the independence as well, as well as trying uh, exploring the things on their own pace and their own way. So good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, that wraps today's episode. Thank you, Sergey, for coming on the show. Again, you can find him over on Instagram, The Dad Lab, as well as Facebook. Make sure you check out his book, The Dad Lab. It's got all kinds of great science projects you can do with your kids in there. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling, as well as our Facebook group. And you can find me personally on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626 over there. I would love to connect with you. Thank you all so much for being here. Have a really great rest of your day and we'll see you next week.